What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 131 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, and I'm joined, as always, by my bro-bro from the same Momo, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. And, of course, it wouldn't be our show if we didn't have... Ooh, i got to edit this one a little bit for YouTube. The Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, Living in Sin and Pushing That Duty In. <laughs> the Vagina Juice Sippin', Just the Tippin', <laughs> Passing Out his stick like bullets from john wick the phenomenal a j c speaking of john wick that uh oh my mic sounds weird now <laughs> uh, but speaking of john wick that uh movie's a uh, preview we saw it recently uh before ant-man quantumania and, right uh, looks good you know yeah they just uh um had like the a a little trailer bit. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll just say i'm not gonna go watch it until you both pay me five dollars for making me watch quantumania <laughs> It's coming out soon, March 23rd, I think. <laughs> well, as, as Lester just ruined, uh, we did go watch uh, <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, so we're going to uh, partlay our usual, uh, you know, small talk nonsense and uh, get right into reviewing the movie. Um, let me see. Oh, I forgot to look it up on, on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but guys, usually what we do for these reviews... It's just kind of a first, a surface-level uh, breakdown, uh, uh, non-spoilery uh, of what we thought about it, and then we'll go into a more uh, spoiler-filled uh, plot synopsis breakdown. Um, now, I got to say, so off the bat on Rotten Tomatoes here, the movie is at a, a 48%. And I would just say, like, for myself, like, don't let that scare you off from seeing the movie. Because, I, I like, even though, and we'll get to it, I think we all kind of, felt this movie was uh in the kind of so-so territory um but it's a lot better than a, a lot of marvel movies like mm -hmm. uh, you know i can think of off the top of my head like iron man 3 thor 2 the incredible hulk ant-man 2 like it's better than all of those and even like i think um um eternals is like oh, the yeah. lowest rated one and it's better than all of those too yeah. so i don't know it's you can't really always go by just the the rotten tomato score uh, but anyway, let's go get into it. So the official, uh, the official synopsis uh, reads as thus. Superhero partners Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne return to continue their adventures as Ant-Man and the Wasp. Together with Hope's parents, uh, Janet Van Dyne and Hank Pym, and Scott's daughter, Cassie Lang, the family finds themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that will push them beyond the limits of what they thought possible. Uh, the movie was directed by Peyton Reed. It stars Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, Scott Lang. Evangeline Lilly is Hope Van Dyne, a.k.a. The Wasp. Jonathan Majors is Kang the Conqueror. Uh, Bill Murray is Lord Krylar. Catherine Newton is Cassie Lang. And Michelle Pfeiffer is Janet Van Dyne. Um, okay, yeah, guys, without spoilers, uh, what, what was kind of your surface-level thoughts of this movie? I guess we'll start with uh, the biggest critic first. Uh, did they not mention uh, Michael Douglas? I mean, Rotten Tomatoes does this thing where they list so many, and then it's like, oh, you can hit the arrow and see yeah. all cast and crew. Okay. I'm just going to say, oh, yeah. he seems like a big name, right? He was the next guy on the list. I mean, they had, <laughs> they had some definitely some very talented people. They had some big names. Yeah, yeah, a great cast. <clears throat> but your thoughts on the movie? I mean, we mentioned this the other day, but like some of it kind of feels like Star Wars-y. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. like, I don't know, you just have like these kind of elaborate cities, and you have these like animals that are like 
two animals that you stick together. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just some of that stuff. Like you mentioned, there's like cantina and there's just a bunch of different types of aliens mixing with humans. It just kind of had that feel. But I guess they're both Disney properties, so. It is weird because, yeah, even though it's like supposedly like, like if we shrunk down into the carpet right now, we'd be in like this outer space type of thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, you you would be seeing like weird like paramecium type things and like those, those like, what are they called, bear yeah, I guess those Parasites would be, like, from... enormous to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, would it look like this movie? No. <laughs> Where this straight up just looks like they're on, like, different planets and stuff, you know? Well, what's weird is, like, you shrink down enough and you end up in a specific place, like, in the quantum realm. Like, you're not just... like So, like, you shrink down here and you go into the carpet or something, like you still end up in that one particular place in the quantum. You don't end up in, like, some other part of it or whatever. Like, because Hope Van Dyme... We'll talk about this later, but right. she goes to the same place twice. Yeah, which seems a, a little bit crazy. Yeah, it's like yeah, it seemed like it'd be it'd be absolutely like, enormous. It, yeah. It'd be like infinite. You basically. like move over a fraction. It seems like you'd be like an infinity away, yeah. basically. I know that's why it seems kind of strange that they always go to the same place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now you you um. I know you never saw the second movie, and like you weren't even sure if you saw ever saw the first. I don't think movie. I saw either of them. So coming in from that perspective, like, what did you think of the character? I, I assume, like, since you watched Avengers and stuff, you had at least seen like the Ant Man character like make an appearance. In yeah, he's movies. been around, right? Um, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I always feel like he's a he's a straight man, so he needs somebody to play off of, kind of. I don't know. That's my that's not my impression of him as an actor. <laughs> you think of Paul Paul Rudd as more of a straight man than yeah. like the comedy guy, or like I mean, they give him some joke lines once in a while, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I've always thought of him as a straight man. I mean, he plays straight man sometimes too. Like you know, somebody makes a joke about him being Spider Man or Ant Man or whatever, and he's like, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's also silly too. He's got his silly parts to him. One thing. uh well, it felt weird to me because, like, um, so their family is living there, and it's him and the, the wasp is his girlfriend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. His daughter, and then um, his parents. Her parents. Her parents. Her parents. Yeah. Okay, her parents. That actually makes a little bit more sense. But um, it seems like none of them communicate anything with him because, like, his daughter and the granddad have done, like, well, maybe we should say that centuries for... <clears throat> worth of like Nobel Prize winning uh, projects in the basement yeah. without telling anybody. <laughs> Let's yeah. save that for more spoilery stuff. What about you, AJ? Just surface level. How do you like this movie? Um, I always say the same thing, man. Like I, just because I, I have trust in what Marvel can do at the end of you know all of this. Like with a uh, with Phase One, I wasn't impressed with Marvel's movies, but then when they got to Phase Four, they tied it all together and it looked good. And uh, I think this is like their new Phase One, right? Phase Five, uh, the beginning of it, right? And I think towards the end of it, they'll they'll have put it all together. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping well, I mean, Lightning Strikes Twice. Like you're saying, that's the hope. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, they got to do some stuff along the way that's better than this, because. Sure. This is like a sunk cost prison. You're like, it's going to pay off someday. Right. And yeah. you're just like, I'm going to keep throwing money at it. <laughs> it's like gambling. <laughs> 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 and then you're like, ah, oh, Marvel lost. <laughs> I wasted five years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't consider this movie like a total loss like that. Like, I, right. I did enjoy watching it well enough. It, it, it's firmly in that like middle pack of Marvel movies where you, you go, yeah, that was okay. Maybe I'll revisit it one day. Maybe I won't. But like, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it seemed kind of like 
family friendly in a little right, right. So. right. I will say, like this movie, and this is true of a lot of Marvel and, and, and you know big effects laden movies. Almost, and you were talking about this last night when we watched the movie, and I totally agree. Like almost everything in this movie is artificial. Like you can just tell it's like it's all like yeah, green screen. It's all you can tell they're pasted over right the environment, and also they don't interact in the environment as well as say like Avatar, right? Um, even you, though that's all like even, yeah, it's all CGI, right? But you, it feels like they're pasted on top of it, and they do like short little run sequences before you know they're like off screen or whatever, right, right. and you get like okay, green screen, green screen, right, green right. Screen. You don't get any of those like long shots. I felt like. That's probably not true, but it, it, I, I kind of felt that sometimes. But uh, but yeah, I think it, it would be nice maybe to have a a bigger mix, of like practical practical with like digital like trimmings, because with a movie like this, it just it, the whole movie seems artificial, and yeah. you can kind of tell, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much hundred percent. Which I don't know how you'd mix it, but that's true. That's true. I did. I, you know, I, I did notice too because like of course it's a marvel movie so you sit through the end credits and just seeing like the amount of like fx studios like this fx studio this one and this one and just names blocks and blocks and blocks of names and you're like holy cow they actually just announced the um the marvels which is like the next marvel movie they delayed from summer to november and like they didn't mention why but i wouldn't be surprised at all if it's just like you know these FX studios are booked up and they're having trouble like getting all yeah. the it post, could be they're really yeah post production work and those Marvel shit like uh, Miss Marvel that's like heavy on the CGI too like uh, yeah I'm sure that has a lot of uh, a yeah. lot of lasers shooting out of fists yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah just basically to summarize um, um, I like the movie it like but it is definitely mid tier but it. It's. I would not classify it as rotten. I guess it's right, just right. okay. Um, okay. With that being said, are you guys ready to get into spoiler country? Let's do it. So, because uh, a lot of times we do these reviews like right out of the movie theater, we just kind of like uh, go off. I, I had some time today since we watched yesterday, so I did like as best I could remember some of the basic plot points, which I'll go through. But you, I know. Uh, rely on you guys to fill fill in any blanks. Mm. Uh, so we start off the movie uh, with Janet Pym, uh, that's Michelle Fiverr's character. In the past, what, when she was stuck in the quantum realm, um, she sees uh, like a, a crashing ship in the in the background. So she goes to investigate. Um, she's attacked by these like little creatures. Like she she like blows up two of them. One of them's about to get her, and then it gets blown up. And we see um, uh, that it's this um, guy who we know because we watched Loki, of course, is Kang, uh, Jonathan Majors. Uh, but he he seems to be crash landed there, and he's just like wondering like where is he, you know? Um, so then it cuts forward uh, to the present day. Uh, where we get uh, Paul Rudd uh, is kind of um, living his daily life, and we're getting his narration that we find out is basically he wrote a book, and this is like him uh, speaking the words of the book, basically, to this group of people. Uh, He seems like he's basically happy with his life, but maybe that it lacks adventure. Is that kind of what you guys are getting out of it? Yeah, that's what it seems like. Uh, He's becoming like kind of complacent. You know, his even his daughter starts complaining about that he's not doing enough. Right. It's like he had his adventure with the uh, Avengers or whatever, mm-hmm. but like now what? Yeah. And he's just like 
living his life, and she thinks maybe he could be doing more. Right. Speaking of that, like, um, so yeah, he he's talking to this uh, group of people, reading his book at the bookstore. He gets a phone call. Turns out his daughter Cassie uh, uh, got arrested. Um, so they they go get her out of jail, and then they're all like eating dinner at their house, <laughs> and so like they do this thing where like I thought it was kind of silly. So they buy like a small pizza and then he uses like his technology to make like a big pizza and he's like oh i'm saving money but if he (laughs) the truth is if they invented this technology they'd be like filthy rich like they'd be living in a mansion it would money would not be a problem with these i mean he owns pim industries right like right (laughs) and they're like living in this like regular house but you figure that they gotta be rich and they even but maybe they're like trying to play the modest card because they even show like they introduced the wasp and how like she's using the technology to like for food production and to make the world a better place. She's like mm. this big like philanthropist or something. Um, but anyway, yeah, we find out that um, Cassie was arrested like one other time, and then like you were mentioning, her and Hank Pym have been like working together. Um, at one point, like she mentions, like. Um, she's got a suit of her own, like an Ant-Man type suit. Right. He didn't know it. It seemed like his girlfriend knew about it. Yeah. Well, because like everybody knows what's going on except him. Well, the blip happened or whatever, and he was like out of her life. <laughs> oh, that's true. Right. He was years. gone for a while. And so, and they mentioned that too, and he's trying to make up for lost time kind of. So like th- there are things that happen in her life that he's not aware of. Um, But then like I, I wrote, um, okay, she has a suit. And we find out she's yet another child genius in the Marvel Universe yeah. who invented a device that can send a signal uh, to the quantum zone and basically map the quantum zone. Right. So they, when they when we go down in the basement for this reveal, like the granddad also has like genius ants that are building like a, uh, yeah. I don't know, some sort of like technological ant wonder. But um, yeah, through all of this, it's like not only has it been a secret to him, apparently, like he's just learning about it. But also, the grandma, she didn't know about it. Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Yeah. Because she, she's like, she's just like, don't do that. <laughs> I, like, I hated her character at the beginning of this movie. Like, so, so like, you know, this whole thing is going on. Like, they're showing off this little quantum project of theirs. And uh, Janet, that's Michelle Pfeiffer's character. She's like freaking out like what is this you know what's it doing who's it you know what's it like she's you know nervous about anything to do with the quantum realm but the whole time she never talks to her family about the 30 years she spent away (laughs) no i wrote that down too somewhere here um yeah i wrote janet refuses over and over to tell everybody about her past and what's going on yeah that's and that was something that annoyed me in this movie because like this happens again and again like right at this beginning like um you know what um hope mentions like you know you can't talk to us about what happened there and she's like oh no 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 and then even once they get in you know pulled in like there's several times where they're like you got to tell us what happened and oh there's no time yeah. you got to be quiet now or whatever you know and they just keep delaying it and delaying it and delaying yeah. it i mean my assumption would be like for the worst they'd be like man she was getting gangbanged for 30 straight years <laughs> I mean, there was part of that with her and Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, we do find out her and Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> and like during no time, whenever they were together, she found, she never figured out that he was a, a, a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> In 30 years. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to that, but I think maybe the implication is like he turned more scummy after she left. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm a big believer in that. <laughs> 
anyway, then the scene from the, the everyone seen, probably saw in the trailer happened where they're all sucked into the quantum zone. Like, and Michelle Pfeiffer was like, turn it off, turn it off, but it was too late. Uh, so they all, all get sucked in there, they and they're all, like, shrinking down and, and stuff. And, like, I guess they would have died here, except for the wasp, because she can fly, is able to go catch uh, Janet and Hank and save them. And then Paul Rudd is able to grow into, you know, gi- giant man and catch Cassie so that she doesn't die. You know, it's been a while since I've watched Ant-Man 2, but it's like, can Ant-Man not get the... Um, the the same wing technology as the wasp because that seems like a handy <laughs> right, thing. I, I, right. that, that occurred to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing when they're falling through all these like realms and there's like a million things flying past them all the time, I'm just like, you guys just fell through like a universe of shit and you didn't hit anything. Yeah, it's like what's going on? <laughs> like a safe little passageway yeah, yeah. for them to go through. That happens again later too, uh, and we'll get to it where like he's going to the center of like the ship's core or oh, whatever, yeah. and he just conveniently misses like all Everything. the thing in the way, you know. Um, oh, another point is like the, the the civilized ants get sucked in as well, which you need to know for later. <laughs> I even mentioned I wrote, uh, yeah, Hank's ant farm is sucked in, which comes into play later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so basically, once they get to 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 ground, the- <laughs> it is kind of funny to just think it's like this advanced ant farm is like, oh, what like stupid childish thing could make it look brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, once they hit uh, the quantum zone, they're separated. Cassie and Scott are in one group, and then um, Hank, Janet, and Hope are in another group. Um, so Cassie and Scott like. Um, Scott's like attacked by this weird like sun-looking creature that's also like this like I don't know paramecium type thing, mm-hmm. and like uh, it's about to like chase him and get him, but then it like explodes. It's blown up by this weird like group of alien-looking guys that you also see uh, in the trailer, um, and like well, this, the, the sun-looking thing was eaten by an even bigger monster, right? The giant oh, amoeba, and then that okay. monster was killed. So there's two of them. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. Okay, but anyway. Um, What's with the? You know what I thought was weird. So there's that prominent guy from the trailer that has like the like circular head. He's like he kind of looks like maybe he has a sun head himself. I don't know. Like oh, but yeah. then like he speaks later on and he has like an Australian accent. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> I, I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, you you had like the laser beam. Yeah, yeah laser face. beam head. Laser face. Yeah, mm-hmm. laser face <laughs> instead of taser face. Um, but yeah, th- again, this very Star Warsy and like. Right. A bunch of different looking alien type creatures here. Um, so they're captured by this group and they're forced to drink this red ooze that basically allows them to understand and communicate with everybody there. Which I guess is kind of a cool idea. I think it's better than like the actual Star Wars where everyone just speaks English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least they try to like yeah. fix that. <laughs> you just need to drink this red ooze that's uh I guess part of that one gloopy guy's blood or something. (laughs) That's one thing I think is cool about like the Green Lantern rings is they like instantly do that. Like when someone talks, it instantly like translates it to the other person. So it's like seamless. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk much about like that alien group. I don't know. There's like, there's like the one weird alien dude who I guess the ooze is derived from him. And he just keeps talking about like people's holes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we need to get into that, but to say that there's a there's like a village of people and they've been defeated by Kang before 
And they're kind of like a ragtag bunch. And they're led by like a, a warrior woman. Yeah, I think I a warrior wrote woman. out somewhere here. And like... Um, They'll become part of like a rebellion. Also, um, the black guy from The Good Place. Oh, he's yeah. Like a, yeah. He's like a Cheaty, telepath. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can read minds. Yeah. yeah. But he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> that seems accurate. Yeah. It's like everybody's fucking disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I wrote, Janet refuses over and over to tell uh, everybody about her past and what's going on. Um, she prevents their team from being captured by a ship, um, like a one of Kang's like, scout ships or whatever. Um, so she has this like weird knife fight with an alien creature, and because she wins it, they, they like agree to give her... Uh, that is such a trope they do in movies. I like, know. Where they're, they're friends, but they act like they're enemies, and they do that little fight, and then, oh, hug at the right, end. It's right, right. So, a little overused, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, they're given like um, clothes that allow them to blend it in a little better, and also they're given this alien creature uh, that can give them a ride. Um, so Janet says she'll bring them to uh, a man that can help them out, um, oh yeah, this is where I wrote like big Star Wars vibes as they see a, you know a bunch of different new alien creatures, including like the broccoli head mm-hmm. man. Head broccoli. Oh yeah, he hits on uh, Hope. Right. Yeah. Um, so they go to this cantina bar. Uh, Janet has Hope and Hank uh, drink uh, a vial of the ooze so that they can understand everybody. Um, they are introduced to Bill Murray, uh, who used to have a relationship with Janet and I wrote, he immediately betrays them. <laughs> Which, did you guys like, like number one, I'm, I'm kind of sad that they revealed like Bill Murray in the trailer. So there would at least be some sort of surprise to who this guy is, but whatever. Like once she said, Oh, I'm bringing you to someone. I'm like, Oh, that's where Bill Murray's going to come in. But then did you guys like, I instantly thought. Like, you know, yeah, he's going to betray him. I just, right. I, I never thought for a second that he wasn't going to betray them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he immediately betrays them and he tells them that a hunter uh, named Modoc has been sent um, after Scott and Cassie. Um, they end up fighting their, um, oh, and also when he betrays them, like um, some of Kang's men show up, which are just these guys that have like blue masks that you can't see through. Yeah, you see a lot of them. So. A lot of them in the movie. Um, they end up fighting their will, their their way out and stealing a, a ship. And um, Bill Murray is seemingly killed by an octopus that Hank enlarges with oh, like, yeah. one of his pim particles. <laughs> well, like earlier, he he drank one of those drinks that had one of those creatures in it, and he just like ate it. Yeah. <laughs> and then so he, he, I guess you get a little poetic justice there yeah, by little, enlarging yeah. one of them and letting them eat him. Um, so back uh, in the alien tribe, uh, Scott and the alien tribe are attacked by Modoc and King's men. Uh, we find out that Modoc is Darren Cross from the original Ant-Man film. I put, <laughs> and you, you guys talked about this yesterday. He looks very bizarre. Yeah, yeah Modoc looks, looks wild. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess there's no way to make him look normal. <laughs> but man, he looked weird. Yeah. Well, I was a little so a little later on in the movie, like they show where. You know, because in the first movie, like, he gets all basically, like, crippled up and sent down to this dimension. But I'm like, did his head stay bigger than the rest of his body? Like, why is his head so big? And- I just assumed this was part of, like, um, Kang's doing. Kang, yeah. And, like, I was like, are his other limbs artificial or his own limbs? Because they're, like, all right. I think those are his original limbs, probably. Just all broken and <laughs> useless. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> He looks very freaky. Every time, like, he has, like, that metal 
face plate that goes down when he's fighting or whatever. And every time he goes up, I'm like, put it back down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just keep the... It's like, I don't, I don't want to see it. <laughs> and also, like, whatever they did, like, it doesn't really look like that actor. Yeah, well, he looks well, it's like distorted to fit and... in that space, and then like, yeah, it's, it's very... hard to explain why it's wrong, but it's just it doesn't look right. <laughs> I mean, I guess Modok's not supposed to look right, but I don't know if he's supposed to look like. I don't know. It yeah. was just it's definitely a bizarre yeah. uh, effect. Um, Cassie changes into her suit, uh, and Scott teaches her the jump and tap technique. Which I was like, what does that mean? Like she shrinks down, jumps, and then taps the thing to grow bigger and that gives momentum to give like a huge like upper well, I, I, I think she keeps like the same speed but then it gets yeah i think she like taps and does this at the same time and it so makes like, like more momentum yeah like, impact yeah um and so then scott cassie and that warrior woman who kind of leads that tribe are all captured maybe some other people too i wasn't entirely sure um okay now this was a part where i couldn't remember exactly like, I know Janet finally tells the group about Kang, but did they go somewhere in the ship first, like, before she tells that story? Probably, because they're fighting to get out of the cantina. I, I, I think there might have been a scene there I missed or something. But, yeah, anyway, this is where she finally breaks down and finally tells them what went on. So, um, back when she first met Kang, she found out he had a ship um, that could travel the multiverse. Um, he promised to take Janet home if she helped fix the ship's core, which was damaged. Um, and actually, he, he even says, like, not only will he bring her back, but, like, if she wants, he can time travel and ba basically make it so that she never left to begin right. with. Um, so after, they don't exactly say how long, um, but seemingly after years, they finally uh, fix the core. Oh, and also, I was going to mention, at the very beginning of the movie, like... At some point, they mentioned that Janet was down there for, like, 30 years. But they don't mention, like, where in that timeline, how long she was there before she met Kang. I mean, they didn't, like, de-age her or anything. So I, did, I was like, was this, just like, five years before, you know, she got out? Or when exactly? I didn't know. Well, it sounded like it must have been, like, she had some time because she was part of this rebellion for right. a number of years. And had this relationship with Bill Murray. Right. So maybe at least like 15. I'm really like thinking she's like a terrible judge of character. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, that was probably like uh, earlier in her time there though, because she hadn't joined the rebellion yet against Kang. So like all that stuff came later, right? Oh, yeah. So okay. So must have been first. So yeah. Anyway, after years, they finally are able to fix the core. Um, but the ship is um, attached to Kang's thoughts. And I thought... You know, I don't know if I necessarily know a way they could have done this better, but I, I did think this was like kind of like a, a very convenient way of like making her realize who he is and what he did or whatever. But anyway, she touches the ship and it allows her to see uh, basically Kang's past. And we see that he's killed like, I don't know, maybe millions of people, like a lot of people. He's, he's destroyed like entire planets and universes. And um, basically, she finds out that he was banished. Uh, the reason he's in the quantum zone wasn't just because he, like, crashed. He was actually banished into the quantum zone. Right, because every, like, multiverse has a version of him, and they all, like, ganged up and basically banished him to the quantum like, realm. Yeah, like, broke his core and sent him to the uh, quantum zone, basically mm -hmm. imprisoned him there. Um, so Janet realizes, like, she can't outfight King. So she takes the pin particles that uh, enlarge things and basically enlarges the ship's core to a magnitude that makes it inoperable. Is that what you guys would say? Yeah. 
question how did she escape him here to even lead the rebellion? they don't show that they don't show it she just he, enlarges it and runs I mean, and it seems like he could her. easily stopped and killed her right there well he yeah. did stop her for a minute right did she get away after that i guess she must have gotten away i don't think they really show what happened i think they cut from there huh. yeah i don't remember um so now we go to um scott in prison uh, Modoc Modoc shows up, and this is kind of where um, they, they have a conversation, and uh, maybe this is where it actually shows uh, Modoc's past, where he, he was put into the Modoc uh, suit or whatever. But they don't talk too long before Kang shows up, and Kang's kind of a dick to Modoc. Like he <laughs> he throws him against the wall, and he's like, "You'll be silent in my present yeah. presence or whatever." Um, so Kang tells Scott. Um, he needs to help him to prevent uh, what's coming, which uh, he, he goes into more detail later on. But basically here he just um, uh, alludes to the fact that it's like him, like alternate versions of him um, are going to cause like a lot of destruction if he if Scott doesn't help him right. succeed. Well, this is like uh, tied to the uh, comics. It's uh, I think it's a new Avenger story. It's kind of done differently here in this movie. In the uh, New Avengers, it's the uh, Beyonders, uh, these beings from beyond this multiverse, and uh, or any multiverse, and they uh, they start causing universes to collide. And uh, it starts with the Earth running into the Earth, and once they collide, then the whole universe, one of them is destroyed. But in this situation, they're saying that Kang is the reason that these incursions are occurring, and... Uh, you know, eventually the whole universe implodes because of this. Right. And didn't, um, in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, wasn't that like something, didn't they introduce the like incursions yeah. there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically Scott refuses, um, to help King until, you know, King, you know, who couldn't see this happen? King just like threatens Cassie and he's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Now, what was, because he basically, like, had the power just to, like, move them with his hands. Like, does he have, like, some sort of gravity-altering gloves? They never really say. Like, they just, like, you know, Janet has a line where she's, like, you know, Kang um, had future technology and it allowed him to easily, like, take over the quantum zone. But they never really go into what exactly he has. Yeah, I mean, when he landed there, all we saw him was with a suit and a, and a ship. Like, I don't know where all that other stuff came from. And, like, for the years they were together trying to fix the ship, like, he never really displayed those powers or anything. Yeah. I don't know. But then again, she hid her suit from him, too. I think he was surprised when she, like, got small in front of him and took that quantum thing away from that battery or whatever. Oh, that's true. Um so basically now King King says he needs Scott to go to the the very center of the his ship's core and basically shrink it back down to size so that it'll work again. Um so yeah, Scott um like we mentioned earlier, he he jumps, he he's going through and like again, it's like he somehow like avoids hitting any obstacles and he just like he keeps having to like shrink down like smaller and smaller and smaller to get uh down to the core. Uh, he finally gets there, and he he basically starts he splits in half. There's like another him, and and then he starts doing it again and again. And um, I think Kang or Modok says that like these are like alternate possible mm-hmm. versions of himself. Now, what? Why does this happen? Are we meant to believe because his the core of his ship can travel to multiverses, it somehow is creating this? Well, I think the- he's supposed to be down like on a quantum level. 
So he's getting like entanglement. And you're getting this like splitting of possibilities. Hmm. I think it has something to do with the engine, though. Like uh, they said, it was like a probability storm, and I guess that has to do with the engine. I don't know. You know what I, I thought was kind of lazy here, though, is like, so like he starts splitting. It's making all these Ant Mans, and eventually there's the one that looks like him uh, when he was working for Baskin Robbins. Mm. But I'm like, why is that the only variation that's different? Like, what, in all these variations, you're telling me there isn't like an Ant Man with like a different colored suit, or there isn't an Ant Man with maybe like a different like looking helmet, or, or just nudist, or yeah. nudist Ant Man, or something, yeah. <laughs> or. You, you know, it just seems like they could have gone a little... Uh, I mean, I, su- I suppose because of what they have to do here with the effects, like, that would have made it much harder. But, yeah, there's just, like, the one guy that's different, and then all the other ones are exact duplicate copies. So, I'm like, I-, I thought they could have been a little more creative there. Um, but basically, yeah, he starts... There's just, like, a, a million Ant-Mans. He starts to get lost in a pile of himself. Um, but then I guess... Um, and they're kind of, like also arguing about who's like the original and like eventually like he talks to Cassie on his like earpiece or whatever and I guess they're like oh like he must be the one because she's talking to him and like we'll help him because we all love Cassie or whatever is that what you guys got out of it yeah Yeah. something it was a way to get them all on the same page so they work together and also like why were like like some of them were like growing into Giant Man, but it was like instantly like killing them and like yeah, the, apparently that strategy was instant death. <laughs> One of them turned into noodles. Yeah, for some reason. Anyway, they all kind of band together and, and created like a pyramid uh, that puts him on top, and they lift him like almost to the center. And he shoots one of the pin particles to the center, but like it malfunctions. It doesn't work for some reason. Um, at the same time, um, Hank, Janet, and Hope showed up in the spaceship. And Hope, you know, noticed on communications that Scott was in trouble. So she's also heading towards the center of the core. And she's starting to split into a million wasps. Um, but basically, eventually, when Scott's about to, the pyramid's about to fall, he's about to fall. She catches him. They both shoot pin particles into the center. And they sh- shrink it back down. Um, <laughs> so this part I had really questions about. I, I wrote... Kang needlessly betrays Scott and refuses to give Cassie back. But I'm like, why? Like, all he needs is the core. Like, why does he even care about, you know, them at that Yeah, I, I really, I didn't like that particular thing because I felt like they painted him where he could potentially be like a sympathetic kind of villain. Like, he's he's doing bad things because he needs to. But then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to betray you even though it's a pointless thing for me to do. And also, the thing is, is, like, why did he even have to talk to him? Like, he has those manipulating powers. It seems like he could have honestly just, like, taken it, taken it easily. Away. Yeah. yeah. Um, so while this is going on, um, Hank is back with the ship, um, but he is attacked by MODOK. Because, um, like, uh, you know... MODOK's like, hey, remember me? You're, you're a protege. Right, exactly. You, uh, he used to work for him or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we see his ship go down in the background and I didn't know if we were like supposed to think that maybe he was killed. I mean, I never felt like, no, I didn't feel like he was dead. <laughs> how, how did he shake off Modoc? Because if Modoc was still there with him, he, the fight wouldn't have been over. Well, I, 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 I believe, I believe I know the answer to that. I think you set it up in the beginning. Um, anyway, uh, at that point also Kang, um, like opens a porter portal and he takes Janet with him. 
So that then Scott and Wasp are, are left behind. Um, so Kang ex- explains to Janet that he is trying to prevent, uh, like you were talking about, the incursions caused by the alternate versions of himself. Which kind of leads to your thing to where, like, okay, he's kind of a sympathetic villain. Because, like, like, even though he's doing bad things, like, overall, like, he's trying to save the, the multiverse. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, I didn't know exactly how it worked, like, why he has to kill so many people to, like... Because he's not just, like, killing the alternate versions of himself. He's, like, destroying certain worlds and stuff. Well, I think he has to, like, destroy, like, all the universes except one to bring the timeline back together. So, like, he's going to be destroying entire universes. Yeah, that's what he was saying, anyway. Okay, and so, like, if he just lets them go... Then it's like all everything's gonna shaking end. apart, yeah, or something. Because I know she mentions at one point, like she's like, "That would kill trillion trillions or something," and he's like, "I wish that mattered," or he says something along yeah. those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like in his mind, they're gonna die no matter what. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's his thought. Um, so Scott and Hope find out that Hank uh, was saved. I believe this is what happens. He was saved by the ants. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, my brain kind of got fuzzy at this point too. Where I'm the like, the ants were a huge, mag- like, what do you call it, a MacGuffin? Like they, they were like the big thing. They saved everything. <laughs> well, a MacGuffin is like a a thing of perceived value that people are chasing to oh, move okay. the plot along. But it's a Deus Ex Machina. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. a Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, apparently when they all fell into the, this I thought was kind of just random and stupid. Apparently when they all fell into. The quantum zone. Uh, we got that scene, and we could see like the ants fell in at that point, but apparently they fell through some like weird time tunnel. So like basically they had been there for I don't know maybe like centuries. I think they said like thousands of years. Yeah, like, or a thousand years in one day. <laughs> and they they gained like all this knowledge and technology. Yeah. So they're they're like really advanced ants now or something. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so now we see a scene where uh. uh like Cassie's bring being like brought back to her cell by some guards, but she uses the pin particles one to like enlarge a guy, so he like busts his head into the ceiling, and like another guy, she like sh- shrinks down and like kicks him or something. Uh, she ends up breaking out the warrior woman that I don't know if we ever really got her name. We probably did. I can't recall. Mm-hmm. Um, Kang uh, like starts to make a speech to to everybody. Like he has this big like. Um, like a uh, Star Warsy type blue hologram or whatever, um, but oh, Ca- yeah, yeah. But um, it's uh, Cassie like t- is use- able to use like the technology and the the, the prison or whatever to basically take over that broadcast, and she basically like does this speech to inspire the aliens to fight back. Right. So, and they were kind of like forced in. I felt like, but yeah. So now you've got. In addition to the big fight, you have a rebellion on your hands. Right. Um, I'm probably forgetting some stuff because this is where all the like action picks up and it's just it's a lot. Uh, Scott grows into giant man and heads towards Kang. Uh, Kang uh, throws up like this giant force field around the building he's in. Um, so now, big action scenes. Scott, the Wasp, and the aliens um, start fighting Kang's men, both in the air. There's like you know, ships and stuff that the Wasp is fighting and on the ground where you got like the, the, the rebels and all like the, the blue face guys, yeah. uh, all going at it. Um, 
we we get at the same time Modok starts to chase uh, and trying to uh, he's trying to kill Cassie. Uh, Kang ordered him to do that after she made her speech on the thing. Um, eventually, she beats uh, Modok and like tells him that it's never too late to stop being a dick. <laughs> There's a little cheese in there, <laughs> definitely. Man, they pulled it. They took a minute to do that speech. Yeah, too. I was like, do you need to do this? Like, <laughs> he's like laid out on the ground, and shit. <laughs> he's like, look at me, I'm such a dick. And they're like, oh, you can stop being a dick. It's never too late. And then he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, do we really need this like redemption of Modoc in this movie? It, I, I thought it was corny, but then he made that one joke at the very end, and I thought, okay, that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Wasp grow, uh, then at some point grows like giant, and she's holding Ant Man like you know, I guess regular size Ant Man, and she like th- throws him uh, towards the forest field, and then like he hits the button to grow into Giant Man. And like that momentum, like is able to like break the forest field, mm-hmm. pretty much. And I think he's got like a a shield too, kind of. Also, like you know, most of these movies, like they go out of their way to like you know, they never want to show that the heroes are like killing people. But Scott definitely killed some people. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like well, he's like breaking these buildings. He's like stepping his giant man on. T- stuff and it's like, like ships it's kind of like, like samurai jack you have these anonymous kind of like blue-faced figures <laughs> and just like are they robots are they people and he steps on them and you're like well, well i don't know <laughs> Guess i think it. they were i people. didn't see any blood <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah you never see any blood so they're <laughs> yeah, fine they're fine chidi was able to read their minds so they got to be like some sort of organic <laughs> creature <laughs> you can read robot mind <laughs> um so now um, that pisses Kang off, and he drops down, and he starts just, like, killing a bunch of people, like, just evaporating them, until finally he, he gets to Scott, Wasp, and Cassie. Um, they end up fighting, uh, but ultimately, like, Kang's able to beat them. Just when it looks like all is lost, uh, the thing that probably should have happened from the very beginning, <laughs> Hank shows up with an army of ants, and they basically just, like, are able to... oh. So um, Kang puts up like a force field around himself, but this is where Modok redemption comes in. He, like he comes in and is able to like kind of break that shield, mm-hmm. and then the ants kind of come in and and you would think kill Kang, but they don't. I guess they just beat the shit out well, of him. Well, they like yeah, they they drag him off, and then like he, yeah, he shows up again later. <laughs> like they messed up his technology. It looks like so they did take that advantage away from him. I guess. Um, and then we get like Modok's like death scene. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they have some joke about him saying, oh, I guess in the end I was an Avenger. Yeah, at least I'll die an Avenger. Right. <laughs> and that was oh, yeah, they silly. had this super awkward yeah. conversation <laughs> right. before he dies. Um, there may be... I'm, I'm sure there's some things I'm missing. Like, I think, like, the Rebels are happy and maybe, like, uh, I don't know, they have a... The warrior woman probably thanks them or whatever. But anyway, it looks like all is one. Uh, they open a portal to go back home. Uh, everybody gets through the portal except Scott, who notices that out of like the corner of his eye, Kang is like still alive, and like Kang prevents him from uh, going through. And well, he prevents Kang from going through. Kang tries to walk through the portal, and Scott sees him doing that, so he like shoots him. Or oh, something. is that what happens? Yeah. Okay. And then Kang's like, "You should have just let me go through. You could have gone through too." You know? <laughs> yeah, and basically Kang just like beats the shit out of him yeah. for like a solid minute or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't remember the order event events like. You know, at one point, like, Kang's getting the upper hand, and he's, like, says, like, 
you can't win or something. And he's like, I don't need to win. I just need to make sure both of us lose or something. Yeah. And then he puts like pin particles on the ship's core again. Again, right? yeah. Are, now, are these the shrinking kind? Presumably, whatever happened the first time is going to happen again. I don't know. Yeah. Um, at the same time, um, the wasp comes back through the portal uh, to help Scott. Um, and she's like shooting Kang with like her wasp lasers or whatever. And eventually, like, she shoots him into I don't know if it's exactly the core or just like the wires attached to the core, but basically, we see him basically shrunk into the thing. Yeah, he gets shrunk in with it somehow. And like, presumably dead, but of course, not dead. <laughs> um, so then the portal closes, and then. I don't know if you guys had this thought, but at the time I'm like, oh, are we now going to have like a thing where Scott and um, Wasp are trapped in the quantum zone? Yeah, I thought that too. Um, but then like, you know, they have a couple minutes together and then it's like, oh, nope. The portal opens back up and they're like, oh, we can go home. So yeah, right. like, uh, the tension was was taken out of that. Because that's quickly. something Michael Douglas had done before, right? Like he, he somehow extracted the woman out. Oh, before. yeah, that's true. They got hope out of or- Janet right yeah it's been a it's been a like i said i only watched ant-man and the wasp one time well and i don't remember exactly how they got ended up getting her out well cassie at the beginning of this movie when she shows that quantum thing she said that there's like it's like a map she can figure out she can locate people inside the quantum realm yeah i mean i think we're meant to believe that that aided in them yeah. doing that it, it helped map the whole area or whatever yeah um so then we get kind of get the wrap up. Um, Scott is is happy again. We're getting his like inner monologue, and he like he, they're throwing a, a birthday party for Cassie. It's not really her birthday, but he's like, oh, I want to make up for all the birthdays I missed. And like they have this joke where he goes back to his old Baskin Robbins, and his old boss is like, I haven't made one of these since the '90s, but I wanted to do you this solid, so he made a, a, a cake. Uh, but then in his inner monologue, like he like he stops her and he's like. Oh no, but this Kang guy, he said that like if we stop him, like it's going to destroy the universe. Could that actually be true? Dun dun dun. Mm. Um anyway, then they have the the party and it ends on a joke where he takes a bite of the cake and he's like, "Uh, shitty cake." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so then there's there's two uh end credit stingers. Um the first one, we see three versions of Kang, which are like is it Ramatut Kang? Yeah, it looks like the um, Immortus Kang, yeah. I believe, and possibly Gay Kang. I was telling him, I thought like I wasn't for sure, but I was like he, the way he talked, I was like it sounded kind of flamboyant. I was like maybe this is a gay. I mean, he has so many versions; a couple yeah, of them have true. to be gay, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure exactly what that version <laughs> was. Um, Wear, you wear a glowing blue suit one time. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, I don't really remember what their dialogue was. They talk for a little bit, and then they end up going into this arena, which is just like full of kings. Mm -hmm. yeah, all the kings. Yeah. All the kings. Well, he's like, they're like, you know, how how many of us did you call? And he's like, I called all of us. And then they show the arena, and it's like full of kings just going wild. Oops, all kings. Mm -hmm. um, and then we wait through the lengthy, lengthy amount of. Uh, Effects team credits, and we get the second stinger, uh, which is uh, Loki and Owen Wilson uh, um, see a version of Kang. I said possibly in the Old West. That's kind of the vibe I got that they were like at an Old West show or something. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, it seemed like 1800s, but also like when Kang comes on stage, he's got like that crazy Frederick Douglass hair. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was like, I like that hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, it was just like, uh, hey, hey, kids, watch uh, Loki season two coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my favorite part was in our theater. A guy was after that scene. A guy was like, "Fuck this movie." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did not like the uh, synergy <laughs> happening there. <laughs> I was like, "I want." I wish I, he was in our theater when we uh, waited through the end of uh, Doctor Strange. Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he loved that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Was there anything else you guys could think of we we did, didn't hit that you kind of thought that might be fun to talk about? Mm, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, the major points for me. So you don't think uh, Modoc's coming back later? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, like, I, Modoc is like a pretty goofy villain. Like, I, I, I I'm kind of glad that he's seemingly just like a one and done. Yeah. Character. I mean. They have a multiverse, so of course they could bring him back if they wanted <laughs> like to. Like a version that doesn't look so crappy. <laughs> I was thinking, like, in, in the uh, Loki show, Kang is like, you know, you can kill me, and then you gotta deal with a bunch of other me's. Right. And then, like, in this one, it's the same thing, where he's like, well, if you kill me, you gotta deal with a bunch of other me's, you know, who are gonna come and destroy everything. So, uh, similar proposition in that situation. You know... And- it's all about like time and manipulation too. Because I, I, I was thinking like, and it's been a while since I watched Loki season one, but I'm like, do we think like you know, time has passed since Loki season one, or does it matter? Are they picking up exactly where they left off? I don't know. Do you think it will come back to like uh, Loki and female Loki have ch- children? <laughs> <laughs> Little inbred Habsburg babies. <laughs> That's where the alligator baby came from. <laughs> Maybe I should watch Loki season one again. It's it's definitely my favorite of those Marvel shows. Yeah, I watched that uh, the final episode like a couple times actually. I mean, that was one of the probably the interesting episode, just introducing yeah. him as a character yeah. and like. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Does it? Because um, there's Loki, and then what's the female love interest in that show? Is it like Effie or something? Sophie's something like that. Isn't she the one that ultimately like kills that version of Kang, and that's supposedly like what sets everything off? Yeah, she killed that uh, you know main Kang or whatever, and then you know he'll be replaced by a bunch of other Kangs, and that's who they'll have to deal with. And I guess those Kangs are causing incursions too. So I don't know. Oh, so he he told me this last night, and I think he's probably right. Is like he's like what'll eventually happen is like all those other Kangs will. Like, the incursions will get really bad. And then they will eventually have to go, like, dig up this king yeah, to yeah. have him, like, help. I like, create an uneasy alliance to help save the day. Yeah. I could definitely see that. I'm just wondering, like... I, I kind of wish I remembered, like, the Marvel lineup that's in this phase. Because it's not, like, a super long phase. I think maybe, like... Because we got the Marvels. And then I think... Are, are Fantastic Four going to be in this phase? I think so. I think so, yeah. And then, like, it ends with, like, um, the, what is it, the Kang Dynasty and, like, Secret Wars or something? Yeah. So you got to figure, like, I, I mean, I'm guessing since, um, you know, uh, Infinity War and Endgame made so much money, I think they'll follow kind of the same path where 
the first of those movies will probably end on some sort of big cliffhanger. Yeah. Just to get people excited for the resolution. But also, because they're introducing the Fantastic Four, and because um, in the comics, like, well, at least the second Secret War story, um, Doctor Doom played such a huge part. I, I got to imagine, like, they're going to follow suit and have Doctor Doom end up playing a, a, a pretty big role in this as well. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. There is some uh, relation between, you know, Kang's always had stories with the Fantastic Four in the first place, you know? Like, right. And Doctor Doom's obviously tied to that. But also, like, there is there is some hint to that relationship between Kang and Dr. Doom that he might be his ancestor. Yeah. That's what you're telling me. And that, that is actually an interesting hook. Um, like that mystery of like, could Kang be like Reed Richards, like father ancestor in some way? I don't know. Well, Reed Richards would be his like great, great. Oh. Kang's from like year 3000. Oh, so Reed Richards would be like a descendant of or, uh, an or, ancestor. of Kang. Or, Okay. An ancestor. of Kang. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, it, they did mention at the end of the movie that, you know, they said they think that King is dead. And they talked about, you know, who killed him. And they did mention, like, the people who killed that King, they're, they're going to come out and, you know, learn about what we've done. And they're going to undo all of our work. So we have to stop them. So, like, they are, the Kangs are thinking, are targeting the Avengers, it seems like. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I also thought it was interesting how, like, um, you know, Kang talked about how, like, he's killed, like, you know, umpteen dozen versions of the Avengers. Yeah. Like, uh, Thor's. There's and... no way he beat Hulk and then he lost to Ant-Man this time. Like, it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> that's true. If he if he's, like, r- easily, like, defeating, like, multiversal Thor's and, yeah. and stuff, you would think uh, Ant-Man uh, would be a pretty big layup for him. Yeah. <laughs> so there maybe is a, somewhat of a logic problem there. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Kang should have been a lot more powerful than he was. In this. I mean, he was powerful, but, I mean, he should have been able to shoot a laser right through Scott's head. I mean, <laughs> you know. Another thing he, uh, we were talking about last night is, like, why why did they um, have to banish this Kang? Why couldn't they have just straight up killed him? I mean, they're all Kangs. Couldn't they have just easily, like, killed him? Yeah, there must be some sort of rule behind that. Is know. he like Kang Prime or something? I mean, maybe they're all. I don't know. I I I hope they'll they'll explain that. You know, I hope there's something there. Well, I, I guess he is like because I mean they all kill a lot of people. It seems like, but he's the one known as Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I think I I um saw too that like um you know they just delayed the Marvels and now like. It's speculation, but they say like the only um, Disney Plus shows that are for sure coming out this year is Secret Invasion and Loki season two. Whereas like I think before they had like maybe some other ones slated, mm. but now they're like kind of up in the air whether they'll actually come out or not. Yeah, I mean they'll have to come up with Loki just because like the timeline. He's going to be part of this whole Kang thing, right? And I'm guessing they probably already got that one shot. Yeah, I know. I don't know for sure, but I'm. Probably that Wild West scene was taken from <laughs> yeah. an episode of Loki that we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm basically just trying to stretch to an hour. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, after after this whole phase is over and the Kang story is told, like, what what other big bads can they really use? I mean, I guess... People are big on Doctor Doom. People are clamoring for Doctor Doom, it seems like. But do you think they would use, like, a whole, like, um, you know, phase, like, and and make, like, a... 
a Thanos or Kang level story just with him, like his overall yeah, villain. I mean, Doom's been like Supreme Doom before. You know, he's been like had the power of the Beyonders before. So, like even in the Incursion storyline, in the uh, the one with the Beyonders, he he's the one who figures out how to save some people in some part of the universe, and he siphons off some of the power from the Beyonders and uses it himself using the Molecule Man. But uh, I mean, there could be a way that they tie him into this. Like he's always looking for absolute power. Maybe he like shows up at the very end of this whole thing and like you know uh, takes some of whatever power Kang had or something like that. He could become like the big baddie after that. I don't know. I know a lot of people throw out Galactus too. As oh like yeah, a, Galactus would be good. I could see them doing something with him. Yeah, there is talk of Galactus because uh, because of the um, Eternals movie. They said that the the big threat that could be coming is like Galactus versus the um, Celestials. Yeah, and there well there was that Celestial at the end of the Eternals is was like I'll be back for like Judgment or yeah. whatever. So. They definitely, like, I could see them setting up something there. But then it's, like, also, like, at some point they're going to have to introduce the X-Men. And uh, I I don't know how they're going to juggle that many characters. It seems like too much. Yeah, that's a lot. I am interested to see how they'll introduce the X-Men. But there's so many X-Men. Just, like, they could be a universe all their own. Yeah. I kind of hope they keep the X-Men just to, like, the main x-men but i'm sure they won't like they'll eventually right. have to expand but if they could just keep it to basically the the ones that were on the cartoon show except yeah. maybe jubilee like you probably don't need yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well guys final voting round what would you guys give ant-man and the wasp quantumania on a scale of one to ten i give it a six out of ten five i'm with you six out of ten okay it was okay yeah <laughs> man i i i, I am like I do want one of these movies just to knock our socks off. Yeah. I, like fingers crossed for Guardians Three. Yeah, um, Guardians definitely one of the better Marvel franchises. True. Uh, yes, it's our only hope. Uh, I hope it's. Is it James Gunn's last Marvel movie? Yeah. Uh, he's done good work. He has. Um, I was just thinking, like when we were watching trailers, like we got it. Like so, um, <laughs> John Wick, of course, will have yeah. to review. <laughs> For sure. Guardians 3. We'll have to oh, read. he shot a bunch of people. He had a dog. Oh, that, was love a good, that, was a, that was a great review. Thanks. He shot a lot of bullets in this but movie. But did you see how he shot those people? Like this way and that yeah. way? Over the shoulder with a mirror. Don't forget like the swords and knives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The horse he used to kill somebody. I gotta say, that was a silly moment. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, he can just reliably like make this horse like buck. And- He's like a trainer or something. <laughs> like, how are you a pro with this horse? Was it doing like that little dance on top of a guy? A <laughs> little dressage. Yeah, dressage. It's like, this is embarrassing. Just kill me. Just finish me. Um, we could, we could um, do Fast 10. <laughs> oh man! Although I still haven't seen Fast Nine, so I, I I I might have to catch up. Did we see? Did we do the review for Fast Eight? I think we did Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a. I think I watched like one or two of those movies, but uh, it's straight to get up straight up look like one of those like uh, those death race movies from like the seventies. It really is. It's just like everybody. <laughs> 
killing other cars and then this, <laughs> they all explode on impact. It's ridiculous, man. Every every movie they elevate to like a you know, they go to space and stuff like that. It's crazy. But I think this this last one, they seem like they're coming back down to Earth. It looks like. <laughs> well, it, it just take place on Earth, I guess. <laughs> Fast and Furious 10, re-entry. <laughs> I know at one point you were like, <laughs> when the trailer's playing, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have left that dynamite in my trunk. Because <laughs> 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 the things are just like exploding. Dynamite, no. <laughs> Don't bring dynamite to an explosion. <laughs> they have like one of those old Pintos where the, the bumper's made out of flint or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one bump and this baby's going up. <laughs> well, um, the movie reviewing season has officially begun. We hope you guys will stick with us um, all through the year as we review various movies and television um, hopefully some of them don't suck hopefully some of them don't suck that would be a good thing um, but anyway we thank you guys very very much for for uh, listening and watching today um, please comment down below let you let us know what you thought of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and what you're looking forward to this year um, go ahead and subscribe both to the YouTube channel and to the podcast on your podcast service of choice. And you can even come over and uh, talk to us on Twitter. Guys, where can people find you on Twitter? At a name for this too, and that's the number two. At unsolicited S-U-G. And you can, of course, find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that's going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Fuck this movie.